Ryan, Tony, and Chris we can't guarantee that you're gonna look great. But if you wanna stay in shape, well, you better hit the Chinwits. Welcome to the Jim Woods Podcast. I'm Ryan George. I'm Justin Guild, a.k.a. Chef Sonic. And I'm Tony Marinucci, a.k.a. Tips with Tony, a registered dietitian. And we are the Jim Woods. So, so something interesting. Um, Tony is like so healthy. And I know that <laughs> that she is a, uh, you know, she's a, she's a uh, dietitian and she's, you know, all about it. But it's like, wow, like I eat pretty well. Ryan, you eat pretty well. But like Tony, eats like so, so clean and so well. Like she brings her snacks with her to the studio and it's always something like carrots or like cucumbers, an apple. It's like, and that's, you know, that's what she eats. It's like pretty cool to see like someone who's, who's that dedicated. I do practice what I preach. Yeah, no, no, that's good. And it, it also just put things into perspective, right? Uh, Tony, you had mentioned that you had, um, that you had struggles with your weight when you, were, uh, you know, when you were younger. And now I don't know if you mentioned that, that if eating sort of a, what for most people would be a normal diet would cause you to gain weight. Did you say that? Or, or not, be the in, not gain weight, but not be in the shape that you want to be in? Like if I, if I didn't watch? What yes, you if you sort of had like what what a lot of people could. Oh, eat I, my still. body would not be this what it is now. So yeah, yeah. It, it just uh, my it, general like metabolism. Like yeah, even though I work out, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, I have to be kind of mindful of what I eat to to be to feel my best. I would say. Yeah, yeah. So it just it just puts things inter- interesting things into perspective. Like Ryan. Um, probably has the best genetics out of all of us well well like you could eat pretty much anything and while you might notice a little bit of a fluctuation in how you look you're still going to look awesome granted you've been you know working hard and there has been times where you where you've like you know quote dieted like crazy to get to where you are um i I feel like my genetics are, are pretty decent right i you know it's it's very hard for me to be skinny but i could generally eat eat a decent diet uh, you're, you're just you're, you're like permanent uh, like thirty strong man build. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. you could be eating like crap and look like it, or you could be like you know look. dieting and lifting heavy, and you'll just always look like like yeah thirty strong. Man. <laughs> Although the, uh, the, the the truth really is that when I'm not eating well, I, I don't feel great. I was just actually gonna say that how the why the way I eat, although it's great that my body has changed because of it, I've always, I changed my eating habits because I never felt well. Yeah, like yeah. it makes me the, the way I eat really affects the way that I feel. Um, everything from bloating, energy levels, um, mood. Honestly, it really affects me in a lot of different ways. So nice, yeah. And um, so it's just it's interesting. It's just interesting to see uh, you know someone who's like so dedicated. You don't see it that that often. Even uh, even the people that I have seen that that will go through pe- you know periods of eating clean. It's a period. Right and like well, I preach. I'm a. I tell. That's what I preach. I practice what I preach. It's a lifestyle change, you know. I don't want to feel good for a month. I want to feel good every every day. And and you do a great job at it. Thank you, Justin. (laughs) So, um, we got some good stuff today. Uh, Ryan's going to start with some some studies. Yep. So the first one is from the European Journal of Applied Physiology. For some reason, like my autocorrect, I'm doing this on my phone, and autocorrect doesn't work as well in Evernote where I write my notes. And so 
more uh, often than not, the spelling download, this. You should download Grammarly. Grammarly. Okay. Grammarly. Grammarly. Okay. Because my spelling is all over it the place. Changes and your it changes your keyboard. It. Okay. At first, oh, okay. it's annoying because then everything's a little shifted and your yeah. thumbs hit the wrong things. But it's always it yeah. always fix your grammar. Fix it. Yeah. Because if I'm reading this right, it's like the Euroian Journal if applied ohesiology. But uh, anyway, so it's um it's about one rep max. So if you're into if you're a trainer. Or if you're into working out, often um, things are designed with like your one rep max um, in mind. So one rep max would be like, what can you, you know, how much weight can you do for one full repetition? So if it's like a bench press, it, you're, you know, if you can do one full rep um, with uh, 200 pounds, then your one rep max is 200 pounds. And so often they'll then extrapolate from that, like your, your you know, what weights you should use for what kinds of reps so they'll figure you know you can do you know 70 percent for your 10 rep max or you know whatever it is so um this was kind of looking at its effect that the effectiveness of that as a method of uh, of um kind of measuring training and so what it did is it took untrained males and females i don't know how many um i did not write that down but um basically they did their they tested their one rep max on a bicep curl and then they did um 50 percent of that 60% of that, 70% of that, and 80% of that to see how many reps they could do. Um, and then they, you know, the rep, the tempo for the reps was six seconds total. So um, what they found, there was a huge uh, difference between men and women. And even among the men and women, there were huge differences in performance. So as far as like, so like you could be at like for 50%, for example, of the one rep max, um, men could do 45 reps and women could do 65 reps on average. But even within those numbers, like among the men, there was wide variance um, as far as the, the numbers they could do. So basically the, the idea here is if you're a trainer using one rep max to design programs, there doesn't seem to, you know, th at least this says that there doesn't seem to be a real straight correlation between your one rep max and then what weights you can use at, you know, other percentages. So if you're looking to see like what somebody can do for 10 repetitions, you're better off just testing what you can do for 10 repetitions rather than trying to base it on a percentage of your one rep max. Um, and I think, you know, the main idea here is like there's a difference between your absolute strength and your muscle endurance. You know, and so we've talked about this before, like you're over, you know, you have a certain amount of strength, like your limit strength, they call it, or absolute strength, which is like how much you can do, you know, just in one, you know, in one move, like how much can you push without time taken into account? How much can, you know, you lift? Um, but muscle endurance, you know, means doing repetitions over and over for an extended period of time. And so there's a difference there and there are different mechanisms potentially at play. So, it, you know, again, this is a little bit more of a technical training thing. So, you, you know, most people don't use one rep max, like when, unless they're really just trying trying to see how much they can lift one rep. But if you are using one rep max to determine your other weights, you might want to reconsider that and really just focus on like whatever you know, hmm. the actual reps are. All right. I'll be sure not to work on my uh, one rep so, max. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, so the second study, um, again, kind of boring studies today, I guess. Uh, well, depending on who you are. Well, if you preface that way, it will be boring. Yeah, no, you could have right. said it was like, an exciting I was like, study. I, I like some of the, said I, it in an exciting tone of voice. Or is he keeping the expectation oh, low? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, that's exactly. what he's doing. That's what he's doing. Sure. Um, no, it, well, no, because I like ones that do spark some debate, but this isn't really going to spark much debate. It's more like confirming the obvious, um, which is basically, well, one day of resistance training um, a week has plenty of benefits for oh, older populations. I completely populations, disagree. We, for older populations. No, you I disagree. completely okay, disagree. Perfect. We need right, debate. Good. Okay, so... <laughs> So um, not even debate, but like, you know, um, brings out, you know, interesting questions. But actually, this one is, is I shouldn't say it's not interesting because it is. Um, for older populations, so 
what they did was for this study, there was a nine months of exercise where they had um, two groups. One group worked once a week and the other group worked two to three times a week um, with uh, resistance training. And um, what they, they measured a number of different things like um, blood pressure, cholesterol, um, glu- blood glucose, um, inflammation, um, strength, muscle gain, fat loss. Um, and they also uh, measured overall, overall well-being and kind of attitude towards exercise. So what they found was that for things like blood pressure, cholesterol, blood glucose, um, inflammation, they, they were benefits from exercise, but it didn't improve with more days a week. So just one day a week was enough to show benefits in all of those um, kind of categories. Um, for things like strength, muscle, um, fat loss, those all, they saw more benefits with multiple times a week, which kind of makes sense because the more you exercise, the bigger, stronger you'll get. So it can have much, much, much more direct effect on your, your actual you know, muscle mass. Um, and then the other thing they found was that overall well-being um, was unaffected based on the number of like sessions per week. So one session a week improved well-being just as much as two or three per week. Now, the reason why that's important is because people who felt good about exercise or whose kind of the overall well-being was um, was higher, they were more likely to continue with the program. So if one day a week is what is effective for somebody. I know a lot of people who have a really hard time getting into the gym to do weights more than once or twice a week or, you know, and so if they can get one day a week and they feel good about it, then you should encourage that and not kind of make them feel like, Oh, you got to get more days a weekend. So it's like a weird little thing where like for a lot of exercises, we talk about it often that, you know, it's finding a routine that's more important than like the, the habit and your attitude towards it is more important than the actual results. Because if you're doing something that's unrealistic um, or if you're miserable doing it, even if you get results short term, it, you're not likely to continue with it. So if a one day a week program is enough for you to feel good about yourself, then keep doing that and you'll still get results, especially if you're older. So, and especially for older populations who don't tend to do resistance training, I think it's a good, you know, it's it just interesting to me and um, no, something no, that's it's, useful. It's, it's, it's really interesting. And it, it brings about a few things to, uh, to think about. First off, you don't want necessarily want to, the, the, the initial thought was, well, you're, you're telling people that just one time a week is enough, mm-hmm. right? So my mind immediately fires to, what you were mentioning, oh, well, but you need to go, like, why only one time a week? You need to go more. You don't want to sort of allow people to be complacent with that and say, oh, well, I'll be fine if I only go one time a week. But we're not thinking, or I'm not thinking from the more realistic perspective is that if you're trying to have someone go more than once a week might just result in the program failing, Mm -hmm. right? So if going once a week really does give those benefits... Then that's that's great. Like that is that's that that's a huge win, right? If someone can consistently go one time a week and and enjoy those benefits. Just one quick question: What is the what is meant by overall well being? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I, I, it's it's how they feel about. I mean, for for this, um, without getting so I'm gonna you know I'm gonna butcher it a little bit. But how you feel how how you feel your attitude about life, and then there I think. Yeah, I'm not sure if it. So I and I conflated two things. I said overall well-being and then mixed that with attitude towards exercise. And I should say it's it was overall well-being, like how, how you feel. You're at it. You're, you're you know how happy you are. How so happy that, you are. Yeah. Not necessarily how healthy you yeah. are. Yeah. No. No. Happy yeah. Yeah. So okay. the, there were health measures, but that wasn't one of the uh, you know gotcha. the other measures. Yeah. So that was more of a cycle. That like that, that was a psychological measure. Where the other gotcha. ones were more physiological measures. 
Well, it's an inter- it's an interesting thing, right? So, if, you know, for us, we're thinking, oh, once a week. Are you-? But once again, if you can, if someone is not exercising at all, they're not doing any resistance training, but you can. But if one time a week is something feasible that someone could do, especially in in, a, in an older adult, then that's great to, to yeah. be able to incorporate that. Yeah, something's well, always better than nothing. Yeah. Yes. And in this case, it actually is. It's like it, you're 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 even going to get some of the actual physiological benefits as well. So you know, and that's yeah. So but that's that's, a, that's exactly what I preach. It's like it doesn't have to be. You don't have to kill yourself in the gym. You don't have to eat perfectly. Like you literally just have to do the the in the beginning. Because what's going to happen is is you're going to feel good, and then you're going to want to add more. And even if you don't, you're still going to get some benefits out of it. But the idea I think would be to at least start once a week and then eventually increase but sometimes that's overwhelming for people so it's yeah. good to have this as backup to encourage them to at least just commit mm-hmm. to once a week and if that's all they do that's all they do if they want to increase after they've been consistent with it for three or four weeks then in- increase cool nice all right so let's get to our main topic for today which is the misconceptions about trainers and dietitians so um, I'm sure I had Plenty of them when I got started. Maybe I still do. Um, and of course, if there's anything that, that we left out or anything that, that you listeners pick up on or something that you learned from this, please write us and we love to hear the feedback and it because it, it helps us come up with more content and it's certainly going to help Ryan and, and Tony if they are made aware of you know of anything that, that you can think of. So uh, I see one. We'll, we'll start with something that's... Um, that's uh, a little more light than some of the stuff that we get into. And it's the, the, the idea that trainers always have time to work out. Mm. Is yeah. that true? <laughs> it's, it, you it's think you're at the gym the whole time, so yeah. you got to work out, but that may not be the truth. Yeah, no, so yeah, for any aspiring trainers, so, and just so we'll talk, just for a second, I'll say the, I'm not quite sure how the topic evolved, but I remember looking at my list of stuff and thinking, I, like putting an asterisk next to you know trainer and dietitian myths and I'm not quite sure how we got into it but basically yeah, this a lot of this is going to be for people who might be, want to become trainers or people who want to work with a trainer or with a dietitian so these are kind of things that myths or misconceptions things that you know you kind of think are one way but really are another way so just give a little bit of a in background of course to I like to call them misconceptions misconceptions yeah <laughs> Because he's Chef Sonic. Um, so anyway. I think, I think people if, figured that yeah, one out. Yeah, you never know. I, I like to be. We get like new sure. listeners. Um, <laughs> so um, let's see. So, so, yeah, so, train, so yeah, you'd think that if you live in a, if you practically live in a gym, you're in a gym all day, you have time to work out. But unfortunately, um, for a lot of trainers, it's tough to actually get the exercise in for a number of reasons. So like one reason is just time. Like you're when you're in a gym, you're usually there during you know prime hours. And so it's kind of hard to find the time to work out during those times. And then because you're splitting your time, especially if you're early on in, in your career where you haven't really ironed out a schedule, like you're there early, you're there in the afternoon, you're there late. So you may be too tired to work out. You may during that hour break you got to run somewhere else and do something uh you, you you if you're in the gym sometimes it's hard to work out in the gym because people who are you know members are going to come talk to you or your manager is going to come talk to you so it's just kind of like a distraction and so you almost have a harder time working out at the gym that you work at because it just becomes too much of a distraction so for a lot of trainers it's actually hard to get the time to work out because you're just always you're on call like you're on edge yeah. and i've had i had situations where i actually had to join another gym just to work out i know out a lot of trainers that that yeah. work out at different gyms and they actually yeah. work or at you just like like for exercise for most people, we just use exercise and work differently because when like, you're working yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like even if you love your job like 
do you really want to spend any extra time there? And so for a lot of people, it's like you gotta, you got, you just gotta shut off and get away. And so actually, for a lot of churches, it's really hard. Do, to do you ever have like uh, you've been like the you've been in a, a kitchen, hot kitchen for eight hours? The last thing you want to do when you get home is is cook. Yeah, like sometimes yeah, exactly. that too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, so it's yeah that kind of a situation where you just kind of want to. Which which is funny because like um you know, I love three D printing and I was given this offer to to do a, a day a week where I'm kind of working on printers and I was like if I take it which would be cool like do I really want to do that because then I might like start to hate three <laughs> D printing because because then it becomes like a job rather than like a hobby and then if you're doing your hobby are you gonna like it but but it, because it's a thing I really enjoy like getting to learn the intricacies of printers and really get into it, like building them and stuff might be kind of cool so yeah it's it's like a uh, risk reward, I guess. So the next thing we we have on the list is that the that training or working with a trainer or a, a dietitian is a temporary service, right? And while of course it could be a temporary, you know, you could start and stop anything, but I think the the idea behind that is, oh, I'll just learn a couple things, yeah. uh, or learn how to eat right, or learn a couple exercises, and then I, then I'm good. Then I don't yeah. have to 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 work with anyone anymore. So that's a good one. I I think. I, the way I I, I compare I hear it to that all the time I compare it to symptoms of a disease right like so it, you know if the disease the disease is I don't want to work out itis right <laughs> then or I don't want to eat healthy you right like if that's your disease um, and you want to cure the disease and you have to figure out how you know how do I cure it so one of the symptoms you know it symptoms is not working out I, I'm probably butchering this analogy but regardless you you get the idea so. <laughs> If um if you don't want to work out, you hire a trainer. But that the trainer is really uh, it, it's just a band aid. It's just kind of a, you know, if if your thing is you don't want to, I should say that I should say that. if your thing is you don't want to work out and, and you don't like it and you hire a trainer, um then when you're done with the trainer, if you're like okay, I'll use the trainer for a little bit, I'll learn some stuff, that hasn't fixed your problem of not wanting to work out. So you have to that's something you have to resolve. So for some people, it might mean finding a different way to work out, finding um the the path of least resistance. Uh, it might mean taking a class or it might mean, you know what? Screw it. I just need a trainer. I have plenty of people who started with me and I'm not a hard sell. Like I'm not somebody who, you know, with the client, like if I get the feeling that they're, they just want it temporary, I'm going to work, you know, I'm going to try to give them what they want, send them on their way. And if they want me again, they come back to me. Um, I'm never going to be a hard sell, but I've had plenty of people who start off with me. It's like, yeah, I just want to do like 10 sessions, you know, figure, you know, kind of get started. And then I'm going to you know get a program and do my own thing. And I'm perfectly happy to do that. But I've had plenty of people who start like that and then they, they just keep doing it. Um, and it's indefinite. Um, it's extended and it, you know, it's just because some people just they either need the trainer for motivation or they just like the feeling. So, so whatever the case is, like if your goal with the trainer is I just want to learn and be on my way, just keep in mind, do you do you have a hard time working out on your own? Because the answer to that is yes, then it's not going to fix that. Um, there's another problem there that you need to resolve. And again, that 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 problem might have any number of solutions, but it may end up with you just working out with the trainer. So I don't know how it, if it's the same with diet and nutrition, but but yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on with training. Yeah, do you I, have people coming in saying, uh, "I just need to learn how to eat healthy, and then I'll be good." Yeah, like I have people that just want a meal plan, or they just you know want to work with me for a month. But my program actually, I changed it because um 
there would be people who would start and they think they're fine. And I, as an expert, I know you're not fine. Like, I know there's so much more we can improve in your nutrition. I know that, um, that, that you're not you're not done. So I actually changed my business model to a minimum six-month commitment because I am helping people create a sustainable long-term lifestyle change. And so you really need to learn everything about your nutrition. You need to learn what carbohydrates are, what proteins are, what fats are, what works for you. How does your body react to this? When you get to your goals, chances are usually people come to me for or like maybe they want to lose 20 pounds they get to that goal they realize you know what i'm i'm killing it i want to lose another 20 i want to learn how to get stronger in the gym like their 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 goals start to change um and so we don't really know what what they're how they're going to react to kind of what i'm teaching them but uh, i do know for a fact that it's going to take a minimum six months and so like kind of similar to what ryan said is like I mean, yes, after I do have them like an option after the six month, they can graduate and they're basically graduating from learning what foods agree with their body, reaching their goals, now feeling like they've developed healthier habits and behaviors. And they I've given them the tools and the skills so they can confidently confidently do it on their own. But some people actually stay with me for the accountability, um, for the fact that they get to the end of the six months and they realize like, all right, now they're at this goal weight. And now they are, you know, they they because they've reached their goals, they're now trying to run a half marathon which they never even thought they could do before and so now I'm teaching them that and so um, it really is dependent on the person but regardless exercising and eating healthy is not a temporary thing so <laughs> that's like we can guarantee that whether you want to work with a professional or not it's really based off of the uh, like where you want to go with your pace like and how much do you want to learn and how much do you want to get out of it and I think that's great that you have a six-month minimum because it's, it's for anyone that works for themselves Right, it's it's you know super easy to to say. All right, well, if you pay me, you want to come in for one session. If you pay me my hourly rate, you know I'll do my hourly rate. I'll do my best during that, and then you can walk. I'll never see you again. But that's not what you believe in. You Correct. don't believe in that approach. No. And so that has that's conviction to say nope. You know you 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 six months or or nothing. So yeah, you know, I don't think I think a lot of people don't you know don't approach things that way. So I think that has a lot of conviction that that has how you you know you've made your work. Yeah. It's how I stand out from others. Like that's what that I'm not. I'm not in. I'm going against the diet industry. Like I am not parallel. I'm not putting myself in that where it's like this is a temporary thing. Like this is your life and it's important. And so we have to create a sustainable plan. Nice, nice. So okay. Um, well, the next thing. This is uh, you know this this is one that would seem obvious, but um, it may not be so. And and that's you know all trainers and dietitians are in shape and they're all healthy. I mean, that's definitely not true. Um, but it's a matter of, do you, you know, for some people you trust their knowledge and what, what they can give you kind of mentally, like, or motivation wise, but they may not practice what they preach, but that doesn't change their knowledge base. So, um, you know, I know some people who they, they could never work out with a, an unfit trainer or or they they couldn't, uh, you know, they, they're not going to be coached by somebody who wasn't a professional, you know, basketball player or they won't, you know, like they're very strict about whomever I work with for whatever in whatever capacity must show, 
the discipline in themselves for me to take them seriously. But that doesn't change that there are plenty of trainers who aren't fit, who are who are very knowledgeable and very experienced. I think so. I've talked about it before. Like one of the most knowledgeable trainers I've ever known was this guy who was you know a, a good you know fifty pounds overweight, a, a heavy smoker, ate horribly, and I never saw him exercise a day. But he knew so he was so knowledgeable. You know, I mean, I, he you know kept PhD level kind of. Uh, knowledge as far as like um physiology and exercise um you know another you know other couple other quite a few trainers i've known over the years who just are not people who are into fitness really themselves but are as knowledgeable as anybody you'll ever meet so but again you know the the overweight you know smoking bad eater while he might know a lot he might not motivate people so there are plenty of people like yeah i can't work out that guy i don't care what he knows because i working with him will not motivate me. You know, I want to, I want my trainer to be kind of a, an ideal or somebody to, that I, I aspire towards. Um, so you, and, but there were some people that loved working with him because it, it made, you know, whether, you know, it made them feel like he was, he was a normal person. He didn't hold himself, you know, to any high standard. Like, you know, so it varies a little bit. Um, but you really, when, when it comes to trainers, often you can't judge a book by its cover. Cause I, and I know plenty of trainers that are in amazing shape that, that couldn't teach you anything. You know, I trust, um, you know, my, you know, high school, you know, wrestler, you know,'s knowledge over like, you know, over that person and their professional for 15 years. So, um, you, you, yeah, you really can't quite judge a book by its cover with fitness. So unless you need your trainer to be in shape to motivate you, um, you still want to talk to them and find out what their knowledge base is and, and, um, if they, if they know enough to help you. Mm. So with dietitians, it's, it's crazy because there's so many layers to this. Um, I've seen dietitians get judged for being too skinny because like basically they, the person, if they go to them, who's overweight, they, who's, if you're someone's overweight and they're going and they're seeing a dietitian who's skinny, they don't feel like that person can relate to them or understands, or you've never had a weight problem. So you have no idea, which is so most dietitians actually get into the field actually because they struggled with their weight or their health, or, um, just because someone is, um, like it's just it's ridiculous honestly that's like the big big thing I like that's the only way I can really describe it personally um when I first graduated and I was a registered dietitian I was still on my weight loss journey and I still was considered overweight and there would be times where people I actually had one woman say to me how are you gonna help me she was an overweight woman she said to me how are you gonna help me when you have some weight to lose yourself and you know, that's like could be a whole other thing. But basically, um, did you say to her, well, after I <laughs> kidnap you and tie you up and starve you, that's how you're going to lose weight. But like the knowledge that I had and the fact that I was on my journey, you know, you just commented before about how I eat really healthy. I still ate really healthy then. I was just still learning and applying and adapting. And like that didn't change the knowledge that I had. It didn't mean that I still didn't have no more and I could still help her. Um, so, yeah, so it's there's a lot about it. Um a lot there's a lot of layers to it and then also i will say too i think people do think that dietitians think that i we eat like super super healthy but like i mean i still have wine i drink wine i drink tons of coffee i do eat super healthy but i also like not all the time like in the sense of but i still eat balanced but that's just who i am that's not everyone some dietitians are still trying to figure it out and like but for the most part i would say we are it is that we are a field of people who got into it for a reason and we do practice what we preach because we were very passionate about it and it's Mm -hmm. we have a story everyone every dietitian probably has a story as to why they started that career path 
And I think it's just symptomatic of how we are as a society, sort of classically judging a book by its cover. It's such an old expression, yet we do it. In in so many fields, you judge some you judge someone on not only on what they've done, but how they look doing it. Right? You're judge, and sometimes you're not even judging on the the quality of their work. If someone has. you know, if someone has a good sell and they sound like they're doing it, you're going to believe that they're doing it. If they have a really nice website and a, and a decked out social media social media channels, you're going to think they're good at what they're doing. But it, it's not necessarily true. You also might think because someone is good at doing one thing that they're good at doing a related thing. I've seen this all the time Like in as a, as a musician. You think that because someone is a good... Um, is a good singer that means they know how to teach singing which is just completely has nothing to do with each other Mm. so you see that all the time and that's just symptomatic of how we are we judge so much on looks which we get it it's you know that there there is important or so much on like the pizzazz or how people sell things that we often ignore the, the the quality of their work yeah. Also about like with trainers and with trainers who are in really good shape, it's assumed that they eat really well and they eat yeah, really yeah. healthy and they know all that have all this knowledge about nutrition, true. which isn't always true. Sometimes yeah. it is and sometimes it's not. Yep. Yeah. Well, Ryan always says that when that uh, when his clients ask him uh, nutrition and diet adv- advice that he sort of keeps it pretty simple. Right, and that he would usually recommend to go to someone else, you know, a professional when it goes beyond a certain scope. Yeah, I keep it basic. I have a list of like best practices um, that are more. Some are nutrition like decisions, but a lot are a lot are like lifestyle and habit things that all are associated with good. Um, like you know, like there are certain things that if you follow these habits. You're you're more likely to eat better, you know things like sleeping eight hours a day. General health, exercise. general yeah. healthy advice, like yeah. general health advice, general nutrition so, is totally fine to give. Yeah. I think the the problem with with trainers is they cross the line. If someone's yeah. diabetic and they tell them yeah. to eat no, eat no carbohydrates, yeah, no, like so, stuff like and which I which you as a dietitian I've come across that a lot. Yeah. I get a lot of people in my oh, office yeah. where they're you know, it's it's can be a little bit much, but for the most yeah. part, general nutrition advice I think. As a as a trainer, you have the obligation yeah, to give that out. Exactly. So it's like you get you keep it basic, general nutrition, like, and then I like I said, I do like kind of best practices of things that will more will be more likely to keep you on the right path. And then as it gets, if the speci- if the needs get more specific, like if somebody's like, you know, I'm really I'm I'm following all the rules and I'm having a hard time losing weight, you know, maybe we'll do like a, you know, kind of have I, I might have them you know count the track the track their food intake and their calories and see how it measures up against kind of an estimated bmr but if it if, and if it's still not working then it's like all right then you got to go see somebody else you got to see a professional because something is not here or if it's a health, even, health issue. even overheard trainers giving oh, medical advice. advice well i think i told you the other uh, a while back where I, and we, it's funny because we just are we just ranted i don't know if it'll be published yet but we ranted on on anti-vaxxers and all that stuff but um that, that I, I saw a woman was training her pregnant client i'm sure i brought this up in the past and she was giving her telling her not to get vaccines and she gave her some book on like on it was like you know i wanted I, I it was the you know you know you asked that episode um if there were times where we did if there was a, a time where i wanted to confront somebody and i probably should have confronted her on that and just like that you, you can't tell somebody that that's like way beyond your scope but yeah anyway um next question because i know tony's got to get out of here yeah, so we got to get out pretty soon so the uh all right so the next uh 
uh, the next misconception is that dietitians are the food police, and that if you see one, they're going to make you eat everything, you know, twigs and berries. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. That's uh, a lot of people um, are hesitant to see a dietitian because in a dietitian to them represents change but it, because of the diet industry they think it's going to be like a drastic change but any really good dietitian is going to encourage uh, lifestyle changes small behavioral changes little swaps um, it's going to align with what you currently eat like the first thing I have my like on a, my initial consultation with a client is we literally go through everything they eat or drink um, from the weekends to during the week and Basically, we talk about what their goals are, and then together we figure out a plan or a step to take to to move them closer to their goal each week. Like, so it's very much on their pace, on their time. I'm not taking away any foods that they they don't agree to. Um, we we're probably modifying a couple of things, um, but a good dietitian's going to work with you, and it's going. They're basically. They're not, they're not giving you a meal plan because although that's what people think they want, um, that's not sustainable, right? They're basically taking your personal um, diet info and kind of what you're eating and helping you create a plan based off of that. So it's more comfortable and um, easier to adjust to and it aligns with your actual lifestyle. Right. And uh, also, I guess, another uh, misconception uh, or it's just li- li- more so like a misunderstanding is that nutritionists and dietitians are the same thing or the term is used interchangeably. Yeah, yeah. And so at this point, I kind of just like when people t- call me a nutritionist, I am a nutritionist. All dietitians are nutritionists. Not all nutritionists are registered dietitians. Um, so the the difference usually is um, basically their background and their knowledge and how long they went to school. And registered dietitians are a little bit more clinical focused. We learn about what's called medical nutrition therapy. So we're helping and treating people with from various disease states. Um, and we have a lot of knowledge and we stay up to date about the nutrition. The term nutritionist isn't a protected title, so anyone can really call themselves that. But there's some really good nutritionists out there that really do know their stuff. It's just kind of hard to tell. Um, what I usually tell people, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Um, but in, like any profession, there's going to be good dietitians. There are going to be not great dietitians. There are going to be good nutritionists, not great nutritionists. Like, you know, it's hard to kind of sift through. Um, but in general, yeah, I mean... RD registered dietitian tend to we at least went to with school for it for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, and, and one that it would be an easy pitfall is that the the way that the that your clients look, whether you're a trainer or a dietitian, is indicative of their service. So that can get yeah. pretty complicated, yeah. right? Because you see someone who's really, you know, muscular and, you know, really fits. So you say, oh, this trainer is great. See, look what he did with this yeah. person. Or you see a, a dietitian, maybe the person is, is very skinny or someone who is, over, is, is still obese, right? So you immediately look at this person and then judge the, you know, judge the quality of service. What are the pitfalls in yeah. doing this? So that's a, yeah, that, that can have a really kind of pernicious effect on it has had a pernicious effect on the industry as a whole because we look at success as who has the the perfect body and um, that's not always successful. And so when gyms market themselves, like when you do your, you know, your who, you know, your, your six week weight loss challenge, you're going to show the guy who, or the girl who, who lost a ton of weight and has, you know, a six pack, um, not considering any other context. So, so if you just look at somebody and see what they train, you know, the question is like, did they get all those clients down from like, you know, well, first thing is like, who works with people like me and what I want? And, and, you know, so you, you want to consider like what's success for you 
you know, and, and that may not be for most people. Success for them is not being a fitness model. They, you know, it, it's it's a, it's a goal for a lot of people, and it's an ideal, but it's it's really hard to get there. So you kind of have to ask that trainer. Did you know where did all those guys? You know, if you have a trainer who had who was all their clients look like that, you have to kind of ask like, did all of them start from that place, or did they start somewhere else? And then if they started somewhere else, how did they get there? And if they how they got there. Am I willing to do what it takes to get there? Um, you know, for me, especially over the years, like success to me really looks more like, you know, consistency. Who's exercising regularly? You know, ha are, have they spent, you know, if I have somebody who works out and gets in amazing shape, but then they fall off the wagon and gain all the weight back or, you know, stop exercising, that's not successful. Like that's a failure, you know. Uh, so you're, the goal in success is that you're, you're able to stay consistent and live a healthy lifestyle. So that I would be more concerned with so don't necessarily be fooled by the flashy you know postcards or videos or or you know marketing materials or even that the person's training a bunch of people in shape like you want to know how they got like that because the, you know just because some you know someone looks a certain way doesn't mean that, that train no trainer is a magic pill you're the your work and your effort is going to be what's going to what's going to matter and so you know that hour a week or five hours a week you work at the trainer means nothing if if everything in your life isn't focused on getting whatever the results are. So you just always still have to consider that. Like it's about you and what you're capable of doing and not about who or what that trainer's been working with. Yeah. And I think like not everyone's trying to get six pack abs either. Yeah. Um, particularly like I think about with my clients, some people do my program because they struggle with emotional eating and I've gotten to the, them to a place where food no longer has a hold on them. They've been able to manage their, their stress eating, eating out of sadness, eating out of anger, um, binge eating, like those things are real things and now they can enjoy their life and they enjoy food and okay, maybe their weight changed a little bit, but that wasn't the goal what we worked on together. And so like, I don't have my, my clients, I don't, I mean, they privately show me their, their transformation photos, but like, if you look at my page, my Instagram, my testimonials, they're videos of their words and how they feel and the, the lessons that they've learned from it, not uh, a transformation photo of like, okay, they started obese and now they have six pack abs. Like that for me, that's not technically even healthy sometimes. And like you said, just because someone has six pack abs, who knows how they got there, right? They probably, they, they, I mean, it depends where they started and how long in the duration, but who knows if the dietitian or the nutrition coach or the trainer, whoever was behind that was giving them proper nutrition advice. We have no idea. Right. And so um, it's kind of going back to the whole like perceiving like and associating a certain vision of what someone looks like versus like what how they eat and all that. And it's usually not not the same. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. Uh <laughs> I guess that 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 becomes the main theme of this uh, uh, of the podcast is to look a, a little deeper. Yeah, looks are one indication, but it, it it's not the end all, or maybe not even close to the end all, because there are people that might look really in shape, but they might not be healthy and they might not be happy. And right? that's a bigger one. And Happiness, you nailed in, that right on the head. In and in, in maybe they're great now because they're young and, and they could get away with it. And in a few years, they deteriorate because they haven't approached things the right way. So it's very mm -hmm. hard to tell just mm -hmm. by looking at someone and making that snap decision, even though we all do it, right? So we are uh, advocating. Just look a, a, look a little deeper. Yeah. So um, you guys have anything else to add? No. Uh, you, oh. Was that your list? I got one, I think a couple more quick things. Um, 
One is that it's a temporary job. So I think this this would apply more to training than than the being a dietitian because I think for dietitian really there's very rigid and rigorous um, educational requirements where for fitness training it's not so much. Um, so a lot of people look at it as like a stopgap type of thing. Oh, I'll do some personal training until I figure out what to do with my life. Or people who are kind of midlife. I've had plenty of people who who kind of like, oh, I'll get into training, you know, just thinking it's an easy thing. And it's not. Like, yes, it's kind of easy to get in, but it's, very, it's a very tricky um, thing to navigate. Um, but for some people, they kind of think it's a, it's a temporary career um, or it's not a real career, not a real job. And yeah, it's not a real nine to five job, but there are pl- I know plenty of people who, who, who've carved out really nice careers for themselves, really, ni- really nice lives for themselves. Um, you know, it, but, it, but in a weird way, then it, it is a temporary career because people think they could do it and they realize yeah, it's a lot harder like, yeah, than it is. Yeah, so yeah, they very quit. good point. And, I, and, and the, kind of one of the more insulting parts um, it was for me is I trained this woman for a long time. Um, she's a really nice person and, and we got along. She's a little bit, you know, maybe like, I think she had higher expectations um in certain ways for people she was dating and so i you know i'd find that like she had you know like she would date she was dating somebody who was running a business but was kind of a, a sh- bad you know crappy person and would you know do lots of yeah really sketchy stuff going on and and she was always arguing with him and then she told me like at one point she was dating a trainer and the trainer was like a nice guy but she i remember her saying it one day um she was like yeah i mean you know he's really nice and he's good to me and everything but but he's a trainer like it's not a real career and then she caught herself mm. like in it because she was saying it to her trainer <laughs> and um it was it just it was interesting like, like yeah, I'm yeah also, getting that I'm also okay i get it but you know it's like it, but you know it's just funny that um but i just found that in the sidebar like kind of funny that like here she is she you know she was dating somebody with a quote real career a real business but who treated her like crap and then she had a guy who was treating her well but since he wasn't a trainer and it wasn't like she was like looking for a sugar daddy she made a lot of money herself so it was like so what he's a trainer if he's a nice guy he's a nice guy but regardless like people sometimes will treat it like it's it 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 can't be a real career and it can it's just it's work and i think it's it's grueling and in some ways it's never ending but you can totally carve out your own thing it's just a matter of like you know, making it work for you, but you can totally have a career doing it. Um, I, I'm, you know, as I can attest you, to. Yeah. So you, um, you can. It's just a matter of like, you know, approaching it the right way. And if you approach it like a temporary thing, yeah, you're not going to be very successful. Um, uh, let's see. I think I have one more. We'll do it real quick. Um, and that is that. Uh, so this is kind of op- So that kind of trainers need to be meatheads. You know, or or that or the trainers are meatheads. Oh, that I should true. say. That yeah, true. that's always one. That, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, you get all kinds of people. You get trainers that are meatheads. You get trainers that are nerds about fitness because like anything, there people are nerds about anything. People like you, like even fighting. Like you got lots of guys that oh, fight. No, you, They're all nerds about MMA fighting. Are big time um, if you're into comics, you're a nerd about comics. Sport, yeah. So so same with fitness. You can be a super nerd about fitness. There's so much stuff and so technical um, that some of the guys that I would talk to, you, you you know, it's just crazy hearing the way we would talk to each other about you know exercise. So you get it with anything. Um, you get people that come from all kinds of careers. So I know pe- I knew multiple people who who quit, you know, very high paying jobs as lawyers to become trainers because they just hated doing what they were doing and they wanted something new. I you know, and, you know, you know pe- you know people all walks of life that become trainers. So it's not just like the meathead thing. And in fact, it's really tough to be just like a meathead because you do have to be fairly intelligent to be successful um, as a trainer unless you're just that, you know, you're that kind of diamond in the rough that's able to kind of just get by on some weird charm but being a dunce but um but yeah otherwise yeah like you you know it's, it's all kinds of people that, that become trainers well going off that because i think fitness and nutrition are both very science-based and to be a good trainer and to be a good dietitian you have to be relatable and you have to be personable um so i don't know if that like it's yeah. not really what you're saying but like yeah. kind of it is like you know i just i think if anyone's going into the field you really have to genuinely want to help people 
um and that's like huge yeah no, that's so you have to be a nerd but you also have to be relatable it's hard in a car kind of hard <laughs> <laughs> but yeah Remember when uh, there, there was a time where like being a nerd was like not considered cool and then and, uh, then things changed where yeah. like video games became like billion quadrillion dollar industries Game of Thrones became super popular and yeah. like all these things that comic books now are dominate the movies so things that were considered nerdy are, cool. are, are now cool and people that are the nerds are the richest people on earth. Now that's always somewhat yeah. been the, the truth, but right. now it's a lot yeah. like the the modern nerd. You know, is is a lot uh, is a lot sexier. Well, what, what bugs me is like nerd. growing up because I was so quiet. Everyone just assumed I was a nerd, but I was never smart enough to be like really a nerd. <laughs> so I I got bullied, not bullied, but kind of made fun of for being a nerd. And, and I got the I got the, the negative part of that, but I didn't get the smart part, which is the intelligence, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then the becoming like a billionaire later on. So I kind of lost on, on both ends, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, but you like, were, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but but then you were, you were also given genetic gift, freak gifts, no. body wise. <laughs> so really. you, you, that more than makes up for it. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> it makes up for the traumatic childhood. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, um, anything else to add? Nope. Got to. Nope. I got to catch a train. Yeah. All right. So yeah, tell me how you got here. So we quick quick uh, close. Um, you can find all our stuff at thegymwits.com. Uh, send in your questions for Ask the Trainer. Um, comments, concerns, thoughts, anything um, we love to engage. Um, all right, that's it. I'm Ryan George. I'm Justin Guild, aka Chef Sonic, reminding you that truth does not sell. And I'm Tony Marinucci, aka Tips with Tony, a registered dietitian, helping you get healthy one bite at a time. And we are the, the gym, gym West. West.